1: you're watching oilers nation every day with heavier mchack your one-stop shop for all things oilers
0: if you see ryan mcleod on highway 16 pick him up he's coming home let's get into it with the lead Four victories in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Yes, sir. I like that. Hello. What a day. Not quite back yet, though. Not yet. Getting real hard to keep going with that rule of mine. Uh, Welcome (laughs) into the show. Live from the Sports Closet Studio and live from or live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where Sergeant Battle is in with the first comment. What did he say? And are we ready for this? Are we ready? He says Uh -uh. four in a row. One more, and Tyler will admit, we are so back. We have the ability to put your YouTube comments on the screen, like Isaac's comment that says the Oilers are back, baby. Clowder got his first goal. Lots of trade talk popping in there as well. That means there's a lot to get to today on the program, Liam.
3: It's going to be a busy show today on the big program. I think that um, the Oilers are giving us a lot of positivity to talk about. The Calgary Lames gave us a trade to talk about a little bit mm-hmm. with Frank, too. And uh, we, got, we got some maps to update.
0: We got Mapgate update <laughs> coming up later on in the show. I see who's in here. Rusty is in. Tyler, is the Angels jersey meant to manifest something? Oh, go. Rusty. Oh, oh. Oh. Better believe Whoa. it's to manifest the Shohei Otani signing. I did not realize that was in uh, Japanese. Ohtani so Otani in Japanese. Allegedly. And that is the exact one I will get of the Toronto Blue Jays when he eventually signs. If you haven't seen the odds update, I know we usually do this later in the show, the Jays are now second. The Dodgers are first at minus 150. The Jays are second at plus 250.
3: It's a crazy, crazy thing that could occur. The Toronto sports area has done a good job of bringing stars to the six. But the Blue Jays would uh, would hit the cream of the crop.
0: Yeah, it would be the it would be the biggest off field, off ice, whatever, biggest acquisition in Canadian sports history. Oh, sports history, sports history, Canadian sports history. If it were to happen,
3: yeah, it'd probably be right
0: up there. It's hard to say anything for hockey because it's not big enough globally. Yeah, Hawaii significant, brought a championship, Very big. But not the global superstar that Shohei Otani.
3: And even like the players I've gone to TFC to yeah. like, Insigne was very good, but he was never never a superstar level. They've had a lot of great players, and it doesn't there, make no the public
0: star. impact in Canada.
3: Yeah, like this is the equivalent of Messi going into Miami. Yeah, maybe a little bit less because Messi's a massive star. Yeah, Messi's a bigger star, but similar stature, I guess you could say, of impact potential. Yeah, impact.
0: It, like this Otani deal again, most likely going to be with the Dodgers, but we're not giving up hope here. We've never pretended to be anything but homers on this program. Hmm. Um, it'll be 550 to $600 million. Like it's going to be really, it's going to be the biggest guaranteed money contract in North American sports history, I believe. Cause like the Beckham stuff and the messy stuff was all tied to like team share, yeah, the like rev share, right? Apple TV. Share yeah. Like in terms of guaranteed money, this will be the biggest signing. And the fact that they're in on it, giddy up crazy um, mike d asked tyler where'd you get that jersey um, i actually got it from angel stadium and if you've never heard the story of uh how we acquired these jerseys i paid for mine full price whatever the sticker said <clears throat> our uh, fearless leader jay downton he did not it's a good story it happened way back on an episode of real life like two or three years you ago to um, find that yeah one. you gotta go find it um all right let's talk a little hockey because oil fan says nobody cares um, I would argue that all the people commenting about it in the chat care. So People care. People care. People care. But people do care more about the Edmonton Oilers victory last night. Another win. We were watching it live here on the YouTube. Shout out to the couple thousand people that stopped by at one point to uh, to chime in on that or tune in, I should say, mm-hmm. to the watch party. They were down one nothing through two periods. But it never really felt like that game was in doubt, Liam.
3: I, I said this on After Dark yesterday. I think that's a, that might be the best 60 minutes performance you guys have put together.
0: I Isn't think. They, I like well, this, I mean, hey, here, here's where I'll go with this. This game in Vegas are the best 120 minute stretch of the, that of the season. True.
3: That is very true. I think you could argue what's 60 plus 120? 180. 180 minutes in high? a row. Yeah, they played they were, pretty well. I mean, and then the
0: Washington shutout. 240? 200? Plus plus OT two hundred
3: forty five, and then you got to add in there the twenty minutes against Carolina.
0: Yeah, because they were good in the third there.
3: Seventy minutes of great hockey by the Edmonton Oilers. That's pretty good. When was the last time we said that? Been a while.
2: <laughs> Been a minute, buddy.
3: <laughs> but yeah, they they were really good yesterday, and despite being down, you always you always felt like they were going to be able to find something. Unfortunately for them, it came. A a lucky moment, you could say, right? Like Connor Hellebuck isn't making many of those errors often. So Donnell Nurse has played fantastic recently for this team and was just a player deserving of a lucky moment like that. This entire team deserves a lucky moment like that because they've been on the other side of them most of the season.
0: Yeah. Can I give you, I don't know if this is a spicy take or not, but they've played some really good hockey over these last four games, 275 Mm -hmm. minutes or so. I will say this just looks like the Oilers of old, as in the Oilers of last year, the Mm -hmm. Oilers that almost won the West last year, the Oilers that won two rounds the year before the Oilers that went 14. 0 and whatever it was down the stretch last season, they're winning games in almost the exact same way. Right. I'll let you finish. They didn't need to fire Jay Woodcroft. I, that's what's been apparent for me over the stretch. Mm-hmm. You, they, This turnaround would have happened with Woodcroft behind the bench. Yeah, I disagree. Why? What is Chris? And I have no problem with Chris Knobloch. I think he is a very similar coach to Jay Woodcroft. Yeah. He's a very similar coach to Jay Woodcroft. It's not like the moment they made the change, the Oilers kicked it into high gear and it woke them up. By all accounts, guys in the room actually didn't really want this to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the coaching change was more Jeff Jackson wanted to put his guy in than it was looking to spark the team in any way. They won his last game.
3: I think that Woodcroft is obviously an excellent coach. And and my, great my, coach. My point isn't even on Woodcroft, the Knobloch comparison, but I think Paul Coffey has done a great job with this blue line, which Dave Manson wouldn't have done.
0: Philip says that in the chat.
3: I think that by the sounds of it, I believe that the power play coach has changed over now too. I think Manson was handling that. No, it was, it was gully the whole time. Okay, so now it's Mark Stewart. He's doing PK. That's what I mean. The, yo, so that's why I meant penalty, penalty kills. Sorry, you said power play. So that's a lot better now. Yep. There's like these other fresh ideas within the team. And I think it, it has elevated this team's game. And I agree. I think eventually the team would have been able to turn things around. But I think the new ideas that the coaches are now able to execute on yeah. has really helped this team in many, many ways. And I think you could even argue that this team is playing better than they did last season. yeah, I think it's, the, it's a high standard of where they were at, but they're able to kind of close down teams a little bit now, just in this little stretch, of course. The minutes are a bit more even on the blue line. We're getting the best I've done on there, so we've seen in a while. Cody CC's elevated his game to a great level. Offensively, yes, the goals aren't there for guys like McLeod and Fogle on a consistent basis, but we're getting a bit more from Connor Brown now too offensively. I just, I really like what Knoblock has done by not breaking down lines as much as well and go into McDavid and Drysaddle at certain moments. And I understand that Woodcroft was fighting for his life for the the start of the season. But last season we saw that a lot too. So I really like the new ideas that have been brought in by Knobloch. I, I think Woodcroft would have done a good job too. just think these new ideas are maybe a little bit better than what we would have got.
0: So I, I just flashed up a comment that QF Pro said about, you know, he was still running 11 and seven and still splitting up the lines and using the blender that the, the <laughs> 11 and seven thing we've seen Knobloch do it once. It didn't. And it didn't really it didn't work. work. Um, the blender thing, that's a chicken and egg debate. Were was Woodcroft going to the blender because he likes it? Or was he going to the blender because they were down in hockey games? Is Chris Knobloch staying away from the blender because he wants to give guys chemistry or is he, moving away from the blender because they've been just winning, right? Like last night, the Oilers were losing through 40 minutes. In the games, they won those first three in the winning streak. Every game, it was four combinations of players, and that's it. Lines one, two, three, and four. If McDavid and Drysaddle took some shifts together, it wasn't enough to register, wasn't enough to get over, I think, a minute and a half as the threshold natural stat trick uses a five-on-five five time on ice well, I, for it to be considered a line.
3: Ironically, the one time he did go to the blender against Seattle in the second period, he went to shift. And then they changed it back. But to he lines. did it
0: yesterday too. The Oilers yesterday had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight different combinations of three mm-hmm. players play a minute 55 or more together at five sure. on five. And it's because they were losing, right? So I don't even really buy the fact that Knobloch's going to be against the blender at any point because I just think we're clouded with a three game heater where he had no reason in any of those games to go to the blender, right? Like against Vegas, they were playing ahead or tied for the majority of that game. They were the better team. Anaheim smoked them. First period on, they won every period. Washington, smoked them first period on they won almost every period against Winnipeg last night they were down one nothing yeah so now all of a sudden we saw him start to force McDavid and dry settle out there a little bit 97 and 29 got minutes together with Evander Kane got minutes together with Zach Hyman in total they spent 609 together with either Kane or Hyman at 5v5
3: is a better way to put it than not necessarily going to the blender but not going to the blender so quickly like allowing the game to kind of breathe a little yeah, bit and maybe. giving the opportunity. Like, like we're look, I'm looking here too. And so the line outside of the fourth regular one of yep. Thor was Kane, McDavid, Dreisaitl. They mm-hmm. played four or five together. Okay, you probably want to have those guys together for, so that's what, yep. four shifts together-ish, five maybe. Mm-hmm. The other one, McLeod, Brown, Mark. the other one was Hyman, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. And then Fogel, Nugent, Hopkins, and Hyman. I just think maybe you see those lines and you don't get like your third line, and you play seven minutes at five and five. They're more down at like five and a half minutes, something like that. Right. I just feel like the four lines uh yes getting mixed up a little bit, but not as often as maybe they were.
0: Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's fair. The other thing too, like if I if we had to list the three biggest reasons why the Oilers were losing games early in the season goaltending, yeah, lack of production from the power play and their stars or slowed production from their stars, lack of production from the power play, and bad luck. Right? Uh, Yeah, bad luck for sure. Okay, so what happened last night? Stuart Skinner gave up one goal then didn't get beaten again the rest of the night. Yeah. Leon Dreissel stepped up on a clutch power play and fired home a vintage Oilers power play goal. And they got lucky. Darnell Nurse beat one of the best goalies in the NHL with a wrister from the blue line that all things considered, you or I probably could have stopped.
3: He probably stopped that shot three times in the game already. before. At least. Yeah.
0: So, again, I just I look at this turnaround and I'm just kind of like, this is positive regression. This, this team always had this in them. This is not a group that's suddenly committed to playing miles better defensively. It's not a team that's suddenly getting a ton of production from their bottom six or anything like that. They're just back to what they were last year, which, again, we should have expected. We should have known they always had this in them at some point. I'm just not giving the coaching change credit for this turnaround. I will. Okay.
3: I just I just think we have seen too many differences. I completely agree with what you're saying in the sense of like this team had it in them. Yeah. But it's been the last two, three games, like mm-hmm. the Vegas game, the last five minutes slipped away from them. Yeah. But overall, they played very, very well. Mm-hmm. And I just find that we're seeing such a consistent level of hockey with them. And it's it's interesting because. Woodcraft, yes, by the sounds of it, they're all disappointed that he's gone. with yeah. him. Also, you had a lot of opportunities to play for that guy and turn it around. And they didn't. So why all of a sudden is this all changed? Like, yes, you can change your mentality on it all. But why didn't that change in the first, like,
0: whatever, what was it, 15 games? Or it was just a matter of time. It was a slump. It was a prolonged That's slump. That's a long slump for these guys slump, just yep. to be
3: like, I we're not doing this. I don't know. It's a, It's an interesting debate. I just... Like I said, I like what the other coaches are now bringing to the team as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, we do have a new producer in the chair today. Our boy Aaron's got the day off. So Pat Puff is behind the scenes running things. Pat, whose side are you on? Yep. you um, right in the shits.
2: Uh, yeah. And I was making a graphic too, which is great. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I I personally don't think that we're talking Woodcroft and Knobloch, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think it would, was 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 Woodcross fault, and I honestly think that, uh, like you said, Tyler, like we had lots of opportunity to play well mm-hmm. for him and keep him around. Uh, I'm not upset that Knobloch's here now; he's doing a great job. I'm okay with how things are going, obviously, uh, four games in a row. But uh, I will miss Woody a little bit, I yeah. think. And I, I don't think it was his fault we were losing. So
0: yeah, there you go. I think that's well said. Uh, all right, let's get to a little game recap brought to you by Charm. Diamonds, Uh, some stats from last night's hockey game. Uh, Like I said, eight different combination of players. The blender came out a little bit last night, but kind of worked. The Oilers came back in that hockey game. They needed some luck. Um, Darnell Nurse, standout performer. He scores the game tying goal. And he had just by all accounts, a really, really solid game in my books. He took a tough assignment in that one. And he was a positive for the Oilers. I know the shots were even when he was on the ice. But again, starting in the D zone, playing against good players, I thought Nurse was excellent. I also thought the pairing of Bouchard and Ekholm had one of their better games on the season. So um, a lot to like in that hockey game from a bunch of different areas. Um, just to follow up on that, Darnell Nurse spent nine and a half minutes directly going up against Shifley, Ehlers, and Connor. That's a lot of time to be going up against good players, and they kept them off the board at five on five.
3: There was a moment in the first period when Nurse like broke up like a two on one, and he was yeah. like, he had no reason to even break it up, and I think mm-hmm. that just shows the level he's playing at right now. This might be the best we've seen Nurse in years, like since been, since the Canadian division, since the Canadian division, yep. and it's not even his offensive game that's even thriving at the moment. He's doing well, but it's just like his defensive game is is off the chance at the moment. And I think yep. we need to appreciate what we're seeing from him, and same with what's the other guy's name? Cody
4: see
3: he has been solid. I shouldn't forget his name because he played so well. Last season, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we forget <laughs> his name last season a little bit.
4: But Yeah,
0: Cody Ceci put together a solid hockey game as well. The Oilers outshoot the Winnipeg Jets in every single period of that hockey game at five on five. The shots as a whole in that game end up being 39-26 in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. Their power play comes through late with a big goal and their penalty kill was... I mean, all things considered, solid as well. If you wanted to nitpick anything in that hockey game, a couple of undisciplined penalties, I thought. But, yeah, you know, even that, like, I thought the McDavid interference against Lowry was ticky-tack. He didn't love it either. The Kane one is the one where I'm like, ah, probably didn't need to take that one.
3: I, yeah, I'm looking at the Kane one. I think, ah, that's avoidable. Uh, soft, yes. Yeah. But you didn't need to do that. And the Connor McDavid one was strange because McDavid didn't really need to do that either. But also they, they called interference, but he was holding the whole time. And then when McDavid let go of him, that's when the ref held up his arm. So I don't even know if the replay of their shoulders was necessarily the penalty. It was so strange. I just think both those situations mm-hmm. were, don't put yourself in that spot.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right. This segment, our game notes brought to you by Charm Diamond Center. Proudly Canadian owned and operated since 1972 with more than 85 locations across the country through Charm and their system. Ray brands get a custom ring built and delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece program. And Liam, you know how much money they're giving you a chance to win? And it's you. You you can win. Five grand. $5,000. You can become a champion with the propose. How would you propose? One knee, bend and snap. I don't know. Stand up straight. Turn around. No look. <laughs> a little fade ah. away. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him with a little hezy. Eurostep step it. I don't know. Variety of options. Variety of options. Tag at Charm Diamonds on Instagram and a poster story with a video of your photo of your pro pose. And be sure to hashtag the pro pose to be entered. For more information, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. Before we get to our big guest today. A word from Charm Diamond Centers. All right, gang, listen up. It's time to learn the pro pose. Coach? Bend and snap. Beautiful form, nice arm extension,
1: facial expression. I could use some work.
2: All right, let's see it. The pro pose.
0: What's that guy doing? I think that's the bend and snap. That's a whole different deal. Mm. Charm, home of the pro pose. Mm.
3: You, a letter Kenny fam, I've watched a few seasons.
0: I'm, I like Shorzy. Shorzy's good, yeah. I've just started getting to Shorzy a little bit. One. Yeah, uh, Colt Mass is the blonde kid, the guy from Letterkenny. Go yeah, it is it, Pill and Playfair, yeah, son of former Oilers assistant coach Jim Playfair,
3: and son of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: dumb. So dumb.
0: Uh, all right, let's get to our big segment today. It is Frank Saravali on the Star Mechanical. Guest Line, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Frank is fired up and ready to go. Frank, we ask you the question our listeners are dying to know. Are the Oilers back? Oh, they're back, baby.
3: (gasps) Wow. There you have it, folks. Thanks, Frank.
0: Confirmed.
4: (laughs) Look, I think it would be so on brand, though, for Jason Greger if they were to lose the next game. I agree. His uh, (laughs) hair stage has to continue on for six months. Well, yeah, I forgot there was actually yeah. a He, he went, got it, he got an out, right, Liam? So like if they won five in a row, they would limit it to three months. But I told him the other day on the DFO rundown that I think it's a violation that he wears a hat. Because if yep. you lose the bet, you should have to show everyone every day. Like I, if you're out with your family and your wife, you know, thinks you're you're ugly, which obviously she would with that haircut, then by all means, wear a hat. But on your show, like you got to You got to go with the stick, the stick. I, uh, I think he actually looks OK with it. I think he could rock it long
0: term. Personally, I i have not seen it. Ah.
3: I have to be honest. But oh, there you go. The hat thing, I think, is a bit of a cop out.
0: Frank, settle a debate for us on the Edmonton Oilers, not on Jason Greger. Uh, we were talking. I said what the Oilers have shown us over these last four games is that they still have the old Oilers in them, right? They're winning games, getting some timely saves from Skinner. But it's power play, it's star power, it's all of that stuff. Special teams pushing them through. I said this stretch showed they didn't need to fire Jay Woodcroft. Uh, fair or foul, I guess. Because Liam's on the other side of it.
4: I think it's fair. I think... Look, we've talked about this in the sense that Jay Woodcroft didn't wake up this you know this season and forget how to coach. Um, what happened was Hunter McDavid wasn't at the level he's been at the last two weeks. Leon Dreisaitl wasn't either. The power play went cold. And all of that happened at the same time that the Oilers had the worst goaltending in the league and every mistake that they made ended up in the back of their net. Had this same downturn happened between games 40 and 53, since he got 13 games to start the year, I don't think anyone really bats an eye. Like, would there be cause for concern? Maybe, but like, is anyone calling for his head? Probably not, because if for the first forty games of the year the Oilers have played the way that they have in these last four, then everyone's like, ah, oh, they just hit a bump in the road. So I, I would tend to agree with you that look, hindsight is always twenty twenty. The Oilers still aren't out of the woods yet. They've still got more work to do. And I still think that they need really to find a way to upgrade their defense. But short of that, um, I think everything coming back together is not some magic potion that Chris Knobloch has. It's probably just the Oilers best players outrunning a lot of the mistakes that they've had.
0: Yeah. I think another thing too, with Knobloch is maybe we'll start to see a different team structurally under him. Now that they have this five day break, like they've only had two days off once, since Knobloch took over, it's just been game, day off, game, day off, game, day off for the most part. So, this big stretch gives the Oilers a chance to not reset a little bit, but really get some good practice time in, do things like that. The other thing it could give them a chance to do, Frank, is give Jack Campbell another
2: look.
4: Well, that five day layoff is actually tied in quite nicely and closely with Jack Campbell. Um, as you know, Jack Campbell has actually been. Quite good. Uh, the last three games, I'll throw these numbers at you Jack Campbell, 2 1 0, 197, with a 9 4 4 save percentage in his last three games in Baco. Uh, my understanding is that Campbell is scheduled to start Saturday night's game for the Condors, and the reason for that is well, the Oilers have a five day layoff. What's the sense of bringing him back now? Let's see if he can have another good, solid effort on Saturday night, and then the Oilers are going to make a decision. They initially told him when he was going down December 1st, which happens to be today, that they would make a judgment call as to where his game is at. Now, if Campbell plays well, I think what the Oilers have to ask themselves is, should we bring up Campbell? Because if they bring up Campbell then they're going to have to lose a forward either Adam Ernie or someone. Cause you remember he created 1.1 million in space to go down. So the question is if they bring Campbell back up, should they sacrifice a forward and able to do that? Or because they're coming off of the five day layoff and Stuart Skinner is probably just going to pick up the ball and run with it again. Do they just stay with Skinner because he's fresh now having had days off?
0: I think that's, and I have a piece coming out of the Oilers Nation today where I talk about that. Like, you can give them Carolina, Minnesota, New Jersey. It's on home ice. You're sleeping in your own bed, all that stuff. And then you could either call up Campbell to face Chicago on the 12th, or, I mean, you could probably just go Pickard there because you could hopefully be able to beat the Hawks anyways. And then again, that gives Skinner three days off, little reset, back to uh, back to uh Stu for the 14th and the 16th against Tampa and Florida. Like, the point I'm, I was kind of making was... Don't rush back, Jack Campbell. Because if you bring him up and it goes terribly, then like you're really facing a lot of pressure. Like I just, I don't see a need to rush. If that makes any sense.
4: Well, that's I, that's how they're thinking about it. But I think they also feel like if Campbell has another uh, really good game again, and let's say he's at a 9.45 or 9.50 save percentage in these last four games, you probably owe it to him at some point to bring him back. And then does it send the wrong message to him, which essentially is you guys told me to come down here and play good. I have now what am I going to languish away for the rest of the year? Like, so I, I think if you've offered a carrot, you then need to follow through on the back end of it. I think the Oilers, though, are just trying to take a more proactive, holistic approach, saying as much as we want to get Jack Campbell back and see if the changes that he's implemented or his newfound confidence from playing in the AHL, will that pay off? And if so, is it worth us putting Adam Ernie or Sam Gagne on waivers in order to do that?
0: The other thing, too, is I, I guess the flip side from what I was saying was You also don't want to go out and make a trade probably before you've given Campbell one more run, right? Like if he can come up and be the Campbell you got in the back half of last season, then great. Now you don't need to go spend assets and caps based on Jake Allen.
4: You have to find out what he is, I think. How long of a leash would he have? Because
3: we saw it through preseason where he was great against arguably AHL competition. And then the first chance that he gets in the league against the Vancouver Canucks, he allows four. And I know the team wasn't very good, but like, what if that happens again? What situation are the others going to find
2: themselves in?
4: Well, then they're going to have to make a move and they're going to have to find a way to get rid of his contract Yeah. because they're not going to be able to do anything else. They're not going to be able to trade for a goalie and carry $3.9 million of Jack Campbell buried space. And then to further complicate or to double down on that issue, then you're going to be stuck with a cap space problem if you want to make other changes to your team, notably on defense or if you want to reshape your bottom six. So I think it's important for them to get an answer on Campbell over the next six weeks. I'd say, depending on how the team is playing between now and then, to go back to the first debate that we had, are the Oilers back? If they're back, it takes some pressure off, but you also can't allow Jack Campbell to come back in again and play like dog-ass.
3: Doc. Well, that's another thing, isn't it? Like, the others, it's not like the others are sitting first in the Pacific. No, yeah, they are chasing to try and save. Yeah, the
4: yeah, these games actually matter. Every single game matters.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, you had know?
4: one. Um, do you, want, do
3: you want to move on from So the Let's list? talk trade targets. Let's do trade targets. So, yesterday we saw Zadarov obviously get moved, but I, I'm curious about the the value of players in the league right now. Like, Zadarov gets traded for a third and a fifth. And I believe he was fourth on your trade targets list, at least in the top five. And everyone is like, oh, that's all they get. Like a player's overvalued, I suppose, by by fans in a weird way. Did I word that correctly? You know what I'm
4: trying to say?
0: Yeah. Like, why did Zadarov go for that look? Yeah. It felt like a lot of people thought he was going to get a second-round pick, maybe a second round pick plus.
4: Yeah, it just didn't feel like enough. I get what you're saying. And I do think that by the nature of being fans, people tend to overvalue. Not just their own players, but also certainly prospects more than anything. Uh, like still watching or thinking about Leafs fans talk about Nick Robertson cracks me up because I'm like, on any other team in any other market, we never think about or speak of this guy again. And people are like, well, if you trade Nick Robertson, can you get Zadarov and Tanev? And I'm like, he's like a B level prospect who has like seven NHL goals. Like, what are we talking about here? Um, so that's my little aside on how people sort of think about things, which is fine. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to think that on the whole Zaderov in a different time and place, if the flames hold out until March, do they get a second round pick for him? They probably do. Is it plus plus to that? I doubt it. And More than that, they probably would have been in a spot at that point where they have to retain, which in some ways for a team that's still in the playoff mix right now defeats the purpose. And I think the other part of this, which is left unsaid, is I think the Flames were sending a message to everyone else in that dressing room by saying, if you want to act like a problem, if you want to broadcast a trade request and put it on social media and have your agent leak it, you know, before you even come to management and tell them, and you want to create noise around this team, we're just going to get rid of you. Like, and and it may not be to the place that you want to get to after he also leaked some destinations. So, I think part of it was a cap and flexibility thing. I think part of it was a let's just get rid of this guy and move on thing. And then I think the other part is this is the other thing that people kind of hate to. Admit, and another thing I think fans really overvalue is draft picks in general. Like a late first-round pick is really more or less un- indistinguishable from a statistical and mathematical perspective than really even a third-round pick.
0: You're splitting pairs like it's per- percentage points, right?
4: Like mm-hmm. look at it on a on a chart. It's like the value of a late first-round pick. And then a set between a second and a third is like mostly negligible depending on where in the round they're picked. So, did the Flames really lose a lot by offloading him now? Like, I could make the argument that with that really small gap, just feeling like you improve the culture around your team is worth more than that. Yeah. So, so do
3: you think this says I know it's really early and basically the first trade of the year. Like, does this set a tone for what the? defenseman market is going to be? Because the Oilers might need one too, right?
4: Probably not. I mean, I think it. the market is so different depending on salary retained or not. Uh, It's different based on the quality of player. Like, I also think when you have a six foot six guy that plays in a Canadian market that heard a lot of really good things from Daryl Sutter about Zadarov the last few years that people think he's better than he is. And people forget that a couple years ago, before he got to Calgary, that one-year stop in Chicago and his last year in Colorado, like his career was kind of on the ropes. And a lot of teams universally around the league are like, "Yeah, we like the element that he brings to a team and the physicality and the size, but he's still probably on a good team, a third pair defenseman."
0: Which is kind of where he should so should slot in in Vancouver, which is why I like the move from their perspective. You mentioned, I think they're
4: actually I just did Sakaris and Price, and they're saying. He could be our second pair guy. And I was like, oh, okay.
3: That blue line is now massive.
0: Huge. Like just from a size (laughs) perspective, large. Large men. Uh, Okay. Quickly, a lot of people are wondering now if this means Calgary's open for business. And I know Oilers fans are itching for them to add a D-man, a lot of talk. Could maybe Edmonton Pry Chris Tanev out of Calgary. Um, does this mean the flames are open for business as we take a look at the three remaining flames in the top five of your trade targets board? Or is Craig Connery gonna wait and see how his team performs for a bit here?
4: I would think that now having sort of removed or cut out that one piece, that he sits back and is a bit more patient. Like, do I think the flames ultimately get to a spot where they begin moving out these pieces? Yeah, I do. But I also think they feel like given all the talk about where this team is at and where they were supposed to be. Now that they've gotten closer to playing to that level that they owe it to them to not completely cut the legs off of this group and give them a chance to at least make a statement or make some noise. What that says about them, what that statement is. I think it's too early to begin to put that together. God, Liam. Or oh, you is just it, was, here. A little Sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you said something. It's a little itch. Yeah, that's all right. We all get that from time to time. I, I would say I'm not convinced that this Flames team is a playoff team. And even if they are, like, let's say they get in, which is entirely possible, this West is entirely mushy. Are they? Would anyone consider them a threat?
3: No, no. I, they, I think they need to look at what Nashville and St. Louis have done the last couple of years, right? Like, get rid of the older guys, retool on the fly a little bit, and make yourself still relevant and competitive.
0: They have some interesting young pieces. You like,
3: know, like Conazari's legit. Dustin Wolf is good. They got a bunch of I other like guys. Peltier. Peltier, yeah. yeah, like they've got a lot of good players there. And it's just, it seems like they're looking in the mirror a little bit with Zadaroff moving. And-
0: Maybe. what else yep. you could do. Um I wanted to ask you about the lone oiler on your trade targets list Frank. Why is Warren Fogel on there? Is is that just a cap dump? What do you think?
4: Yeah, he's kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't he when you look at the oilers on cap friendly. Um mm-hmm. he's someone that you know I think yeah, can he get you double digit goals and can he hit 25 to 30 points every year, of course. But for a team that is I think really missing a, another dimension, missing an element in their bottom six. He stands out to me as the easy cap casualty. If you're going to make a trade, just think of the Eckholm deal last year. You've got to move money out at the same time. And he's far and away when you look at the Oilers roster, the top candidate to do that. Uh, so that's why he's on the board. I think there was certainly some surprise last year that that person ended up being Tyson Barry. And in fact, um, ended up hearing a, a great story. Um, I was, I was with Tyson Barry's agent a couple weeks ago in Toronto and he was there the day that, um, Tyson ended up getting traded. And so like, they were all kind of sitting around and he was like, Oh, that's great. He's like, we just got Matthias Eckholm. And he's like, I wonder who's going the other way. And then it was like, he's like scrolling, scrolling. And then his phone starts ringing and it's Ken Hall, and He's like, Oh shit. I'm the guy. And so that's sometimes how these things go, go down and you've got, um, someone has to go out and Fogel would be the guy.
0: Yeah. You're, you're banging on with it, And like 2.75 ahead of the deadline is important, especially if you're going to make any sort of a meaningful ad anywhere in, uh, in your lineup there. Um, you got anything else?
3: I got one quick one for you, Frank. Uh, would the Oilers look to make a big splash again? Like at Como, Or do you think they want to add maybe a couple of lower-priced pieces just to strengthen multiple areas? Monaghan. I know they're kind of low on money as well. Like yeah. Monahan is someone. Nick Sealer.
4: Yeah, I think there's lots of options. What I would say is Tell me where the Oilers are at March 8th, and I'll be able to better answer the question. Very sneaky of you trying to ask an Oilers trade deadline question in December. I like your, your style and I like, I like your effort, but I'm not going to answer that completely because that's on brand.
0: Um, Frank, we're going to be doing a map update right away on the show. Uh, what we've done or what we did <laughs> yesterday is we did the math on Ryan McLeod using NHL Edge, and we calculated how long he has been skating since he last scored a goal. And Pat here, you can flash it up. He's skated long enough to get from Roger's place to Mundare, Alberta. Um, And our great producer today, Pat, has also done the math on Cody Cece for this one. So we're going to keep you on to debut this for the people. Since Cody Cece's last goal, Frank, you want to take a guess at where he's at in the Eastern Canada?
4: Uh, Cece...
0: He hasn't scored since game two of last year. Uh... It's a game last season. He played all 82. It's really impressive. Marwain? Hey, my aunt was the mayor of Marwain for like 10 years. So I great. couldn't
4: see the text, so I was guessing when I said it. it
0: great pull on Marwain. Cody Cece is blown past Marwain. Pat, <laughs> pull it up.
4: Cody CC's made it to Winnipeg, Frank. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has skated enough distance, according to NHL Edge, to get all the way from Rogers Place Incredible. to Winnipeg on a straight shot, which is really quite remarkable. Where will he end up? That's what we're here to cover on Oilers Nation. He's going
4: to end time. up in Barcelona at this rate. <laughs> he might. He might.
0: All right. There you go. Uh, thanks for uh, hopping in and doing this today, Frank. See you guys. See you, Frank. <sighs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news,
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: I hope people enjoyed that map. Everybody. Can we have it back? I want to look, I want to look at it. Can we go full
3: screen? I really yeah. like to get a good look Give me full screen.
0: Thing. Oh, Frank's oh, back. Frank's there. Get oh. out of here, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Cody Cece has made it all the way. To Winnipeg, well, good on him. That's not, a lot of cardio.
3: It's not the first time he's he's got to Winnipeg by a not airplane. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, what was the reason game? Oh, now we're gone. Oh, we're no, we're Look still that here. Thing. People are still listening to us. I wonder where he's going to make it to. Uh, Tyler Mulek said, "I love the maps. Can we get Brown next? The thing is, Brown only played like four games last he year. He won't
3: even be that. F- he might be as far as Munder. He might
0: he might be Marwain. Oh no, because he hasn't even played all of this year. No, he's yeah, played he, like fifteen games. Connor Brown years. is maybe in Marwane. maybe." Or yeah. sorry, maybe in Mondaire.
3: We'd be lucky. We'll have to find that one. Adam Ernie would be a good one. I can't mm-hmm. imagine he scored too many goals last season. I like how Frank pulled Marwain
0: out of there. They have a population <laughs> of like 800 people, I think. And my aunt was actually the mayor.
3: <laughs> Somebody said yesterday in the, in the After Dark chat when we spoke about CC on the map, he said mm-hmm. I he's probably stopped getting Rough Riders tickets with Regina. <laughs> <So> <laughs> what else could he have done? I mean? Yeah, we should do it, what, what CC did in his adventure. That could be our Christmas special.
0: Oh, we do need a Christmas <laughs> special. Uh, we actually got to get on. that as all well. dangerous way. Chris Russell, map. He tucked not that far from the end of his NHL career. I mean, has he even retired yet? I don't
3: the cowboy. know. Yeah, because I made a, uh, a video compilation At the of the pit. Cowboy. He had, yeah.
0: he had three points in two games. Um, sure oh, I'm yeah. Honest. Sorry, Cody or Chris. Oh, no. He scored two in his last 31 games in Edmonton. Oh, that's
3: in, a special guy. I once saw... Chris Russell, in Greenland Garden Center, wearing, where he was with his family. I, d- I didn't say hello, but I knew it was him because he was wearing his Caroline rodeo jacket. He's from Carolina, Caroline Albert. Alberta. Yeah. Fo- he's a them. rodeo guy. Uh,
0: Chris Russell scored two goals in his final six regular season games as an Oiler and registered four points.
3: Have you ever, the trade, speaking of value of players, mm-hmm. the trade that got Chris Russell from Dallas to Calgary they paid a lot for him. The first round pick, Brett Pollock from Edmonton Oil King, yep. and another player I believe was that was the trade hey. only a few years ago. So that would have been Dallas, Dallas to Calgary. All right, Chris Russell trade
0: history. Traded from Columbus to St Louis for Nikita Nikitin. Hell of a move. Remember him?
3: Nikita Nikita.
0: I'm yep. familiar with his work. Yep. Uh, traded from St Louis to Calgary for a fifth round pick traded from Calgary to Dallas for Yerky Yokopaka, Brent Pollock, and a conditional second rounder that ended up being Dylan Dubé. Wow. What a so, trade for. There you go. And trade. then he was signed by the Edmonton Oilers.
3: Yeah, because they... What, did they have him on a PTO and then they signed him to that deal? I think so, yeah. I think that's why I Or no. Well, maybe it was... The first year was cheap. and it
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> four by four, country. baby. And then the last year he was cheap again and we all loved him. For the last That's two right. years he was cheaper. I,
3: right? li- I always liked him. He's just, again, you look he at the contract, contract
0: and you're yeah. like, yeah, uh, playing up to that. You mentioned Brett Pollock, former oil king. Speaking of former oil kings, how about Tristan Jari yeah. fighting in the back of the goal net? Goal.
3: That, was, that was cool. That's one of the best goalie goals I've ever seen.
0: He had hang time, bro. And he was in
3: like full motion, mm-hmm. just one, like yeah. r- rip it and rip it. It's like he'd done it a million times before.
0: He has tried that a lot, obviously. I yeah, yeah, I remember talking to Corey Graham and Gee, flaming the guys who uh, used to do the Oil Kings broadcast right. back in their heyday. And yeah, Tristan Jari always wanted to score goalie goals.
3: And That's I know, what, I know what you're all thinking. Why is Brett Pollock now? Yeah. Slovakian league, ten goals, twenty 23- three.
0: Any notable teammates? I always like seeing if there's like obscure. Well, Oilers. he did play for Conlon a couple of years ago. Oh, Kuhnlin Red Star. Oh,
3: um, mm-hmm. his team doesn't have a hockey DB page.
0: Okay, well then we can just uh, we can just move on. We do have a lot to get to still today here on a Friday, Liam, including as we do every Friday the producer's corner, where we yeah. uh, today it's Pat, not Aaron. Um, but of course, every Friday, five big things you're looking for on the weekend. Pat, you got all the videos and stuff ready to go. So let's get into it. Do I? (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, boy. Yeah, we've actually never done that bit before. We just just really wanted to fuck with you on your first show. You absolutely
2: did. I was going to start pulling videos in. I was like, I got the Jari video here. Let's see if we get another coin this weekend. I was going to come up with something, but... You got me. Yep. There got we me go. That was a
0: good bit. I told uh, Liam I was gonna do it for uh, the show. Was, I was very excited.
2: That was uh that Great. was
0: a very is it good hot year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you got very red in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, I bet. oh no. That's the
2: lighting. I think. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Very good. Uh, we do have a Sherwood Ford giant question to get to for today's show. It is brought to you by Sherwood Ford the Giant. The snow is coming. I know we've avoided it until December, <sighs> but If you need to winterize your vehicle, you can still do so over at Sherwood for their parts department is engaged in the season of selling winter tires, winter rims, mountain balance checks and wheel alignments. And if you're like me and you know absolutely nothing about vehicles, you can go to their website and they have a tire quote tool where customers can find out more about their giant discounted tire deals and just get the right tire for your vehicle. Hate yep. to be what driving a little tiny Ford Focus with big nation truck tires. You don't want to do that. That would be crazy. Although Ford Focus, great vehicle. My first vehicle was Ford you a Ford Focus. were a Ford show? The Green Hornet. Yeah, and Especially. it didn't have AM radio in it.
3: No, it did not have AM radio. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, it was a terrible car. Eventually, like it just got so old. You got good miles. I, out I, of it, I got everything I needed out of it, and I remember I just I did the donation thing, mm-hmm. and oh, the, yeah. the guy came and he's like. He's like, I'll give you 200 bucks on the phone. Like, okay, sounds good. You on somebody door, 100 bucks. Like, Pen? no. You said two. You said two. So I said no. And I walked in my house. It's the only time I've ever done this. And he knocked on my door. I was like, okay, I'll give you 200. There you go. So that's sort of... Rude
0: negotiator. Yeah, there you go. Uh, short for a giant question today. We heard Frank hint at it a little bit here. Should the Oilers recall Jack Campbell before their next game? No. ha ah no i'm going to say no as well um we can maybe throw in the chat though listen i get if you promised him hey if your numbers have turned around by december 1st we'll give you another look but it's been three good games and also three stinky games and two good games
3: uh nine, it the, not, shut out in the Henderson game.
0: yeah but 900 or better oh sorry it has more. been three games yeah, yeah. yes um a final buzzer says only for the purpose of a trade. Yeah. I think I agree with that. Uh, Christopher Palmer says, I do like that Condors Jersey though. And I actually do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, QF Pro says I think Jack gets Minnesota. I don't <laughs> think they're going to call him up and I think it's too early to do so. Like, again, if you call him up now and he's not 100% turned around, then you're real screwed. Then you're forced to make a desperation trade. I think you can get through this next little bit without overworking Skinner all too much. Like I said, he's got five days off here. So playing him on the 6th, 8th, and 10th is fine. Give him the 12th off, three-day break. Give him the 14th and 16th on home ice to wrap it up. And then he can have the 17th and 18th off. And you could, if you wanted to, no, because you have back-to-backs. So no, then you'd have to play him again. And then there's back-to-backs, New York and New Jersey. So you give one of those to Pickard as well. So start Pickard twice in the next nine games. Mm-hmm. Give Soup seven. And then if you give him like that game against the Devils off, play duo against the Rangers on the 22nd, he would then have 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th. They have another five-day break at the end of this month. And then maybe you could call up Jack then. But I don't see much of a reason to do it before the end of December.
3: Uh, like I just said to Franklin, I really worry about what he would do. Like we don't know what we're going to get. He's, he's just such a question mark, isn't he? Like, and the others, I feel more confident in Pickard right now because we've seen him play in front of this team well. Mm-hmm. And I just, the others can't afford to just put Jack Campbell in and have a stinker. And I just think that's a, that's a real thing they need to think about. Yeah. He did, like I said, the exact same thing in preseason. He's really good. Give him my game.
0: Terrible. Yeah. Uh, Potter says, I think we refrain from any Pickard starts. I don't see a reason to refrain. He's made a good relief appearance and he's made an average start. Like if, if Calvin Pickard can give you two average starts over your next nine games and you can win one of those games, you're happy with that. If you can go one in one with your backup and then Stu keeps rolling, like there's no need to, for the Campbell thing.
3: There, there can't be a worry of, we don't want to hurt Jack Campbell's
0: feelings. Because that can't told, be a thing. Someone in, the, something. someone in the chat said it earlier, we owe Jack Campbell nothing. No, yeah. Can't. I mean, the Oilers gave Jack Campbell 25 million bucks. They owe him that and nothing else. He's got to earn the rest.
3: Exactly. And not given as I like to put out there all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. There you go. Our Giant question, not just for Sherwood Ford, but also Sherwood power sports and Marine. They're teaming up with the good people at free spirit, Marine and power sports to create this. I mean, it's going to be a game changer in the Sherwood park area. Liam.
3: It's going to be big. It's in the heart of Sherwood park. And I, I cannot wait to see the 91,000 liter pool.
0: Mm-hmm. when, don't try drink that much water at once. At once, multiple systems. spread it out. Yeah, uh, they'll be selling fishing boats, pontoon boats, ATVs, side by sides, and motorcycles. And they're opening up February twenty twenty four at three seven one Lakeland Drive in beautiful Sherwood Park. Let's get to our menu for this weekend. It is delivered by DoorDash. Where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get twenty five percent off and no delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Nation twenty. Five <clears> Otani <throat> update. I know we did it a little bit off the jump, but I have stuff that I actually want to read. Again, if there is any piece of Otani propaganda out there, I believe it straight up. If it's negative Otani stuff, don't believe it. Garbage. It's not a good source. Jeff Passan did write today though that he believes Otani will receive a contract for at least five hundred and fifty million dollars, and the finalists are the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Blue Jays. We believe that. Travis Sawchik, who is a MLB writer with The Score. He's got a good amount of followers, almost 30,000. Believable dude. He said Otani playing for the Dodgers makes a ton of sense from his perspective. Geography, great organization, big market. But Otani helping the Dodgers win 110 games instead of 100 with most games starting at 10 p.m. Eastern is kind of meh for Major League Baseball. Otani somewhere in the AL East. Much more interesting for fans. He'd swing playoff chances, have a chance to end longer title droughts, and more people would be watching. I assume Major League Baseball is rooting for a team in the Eastern time zone where every appearance and every inning in 2025 would look like live, would have live looking content. The Jays and Cubs are the only two teams in the East or in the Eastern time zone. The Jays are the only team in the AL East. It would be, I know people are saying you don't want him in Canada. They don't want him in Canada having Otani go to New York as many times as he would in a season playing in Toronto, having Otani go to Boston as many times as he would in a season playing in Toronto, mm-hmm. being in the AL East, being in a big media market. Hello. You sold me. So apparently we could be getting a decision here by the end of the weekend. So Monday, if he signs, I'll be rocking my Otani Jersey again, Tuesday sports closet. Get ready. Cause I'll be coming in to get my Otani Jersey.
3: May I give you an update on some hockey stuff from Elliot Friedman?
0: Yes, please. Okay.
3: The circumstantial evidence makes a lot of sense that they, at Oilers, would be looking for a goalie from the Columbus Blue Jackets. However, this person that came to, said, came to me said that that might be more than that, that the Oilers might be looking for other players on the Columbus Blue Jackets roster.
0: Come here. Bo Jenner, Patrick Line. No, we're not going to alien. Come on, knock it off.
3: Why not? What's wrong with him? Tell he's expensive
0: and he is inconsistent and at times he looks disinterested and he's expensive and he's not good defensively and he's expensive.
3: I'm not sold. How expensive is it? Let's have a quick
0: look. Oh, you're you're going to have a chuckle when you see this, buddy. 870. Not 870,000, 8.75 mil. So you retain that, they take Campbell. They're not retaining, he has two more years left.
3: He has three more years left.
0: You're not touching it. We'll see. Campbell and Fogle and a first. Lainey and Spencer if He marks. doesn't make, like, I mean, he's good, but he doesn't make them that much better. He'd be, how many goals did he have this season? Uh, I saw him score against Montreal the other day. I have no idea.
3: Well, that is one more than Connor Brown. I mean, sure,
0: but come on. Uh, All right. On the menu this weekend for DoorDash, obviously the Otani stuff. Obviously, we're still talking Oilers trade talk. If you're going to go get a guy, do it when you have a five-day break. You can get here, get some practices in. It makes sense. I don't think we should be holding out hope for an Oilers trade, though, this weekend. I think the trade market's going to cool for the next little bit as well. Um, Giddy up Sunday in the NFL. Pretty interesting week. Broncos, Texans. That is a playoff implication matchup. Which I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that like five weeks ago. And my Bills need a lot of help on the town scoreboard. Your Lions are taking on the New Orleans Saints. That's going to be a shootout because the Lions don't play defense anymore. Total is set at 46 and a half. Jared Goff needs to bounce back.
3: Yeah, he needs to, he needs to be better protecting the ball. They got to just rely on the run a little bit more, yeah. I think. And then secondary is a bit weak, though.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to be rooting for... A lot of things. Rams to beat the Browns to help out my Bills. Uh, game of the week, though. Niners-Eagles. I cannot believe the Niners are road favorites in this one. That is bananas.
3: How about the Niners' next few games? Have you seen that? No, I have not. So here it is. Tell me the similarity when you pick this up. Yep. Okay. So the last game was against the Seahawks. Yeah. Okay. This one against the Eagles. Then they play the Seahawks again, the Cardinals, and the Ravens.
0: They only play bird mascots. They only
3: play birds. Kind of crazy.
0: I mean, there's a lot of Bird
3: I've never seen that NFL. before. Maybe I just never noticed.
0: Yeah, probably that. Uh, Chiefs Packers is the Sunday nighter. Uh, Chiefs only six point favorites. Listen, I know everyone's all hopped up on the Packers and Jordan loves finally looking confident yeah. and whatnot. The Chiefs are winning that football game. Yeah. How about uh, six um, points? I'm getting on that before the public pushes it to seven and a half. Which
3: week is it? Oh, there it is. Week, uh, week 15. How about the Pats being so bad that they flexed out their game And it's the chiefs on them. Yeah. You're
0: so bad that the NFL wants to move Patty Mahomes off prime prime time. time. You're literally playing 11 a.m. And (laughs) Uh, a good note in the chat here from our boy QF pro who said, go watch the condors tonight. That is a great appetizer for the weekend. And then your main dish is a little Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, Sunday football to wrap things all up should be a good sports weekend, even though the Edmonton Oilers do not play. Also, if you are looking to scratch your hockey itch uh, this weekend, University of Alberta Golden Bears hosting the McEwen Griffins tonight down at Claire Drake Arena. I'll be on the call at seven o'clock. So if you come to Claire Drake Arena and you're walking on the concourse, you can wave at me and be like, hey,
3: Tyler. That'll be that'll be a good one. And the show park Crusaders, I think we play at home on Sunday. Five
0: players from the crew on going the to uh, the World Junior A, right?
3: Yeah, the World Junior A rosters were announced today. So basically, for people who don't know what that is, it's players like play Junior A. So yep. it's... Usually Canada will send two teams, East and West, the U.S. will send a team. Sweden sends a team. And then it's usually um, one of the weaker world junior teams. Like a few years ago, this thing was in Bonneville and Denmark was there. Ah. So Nick Ehlers was on the team and Oliver Bjorkstrand was also on the team. I
0: would love to ask them if they have any memories of Bonneville.
3: It's a beautiful little town.
0: Also shout out Michael Menzies.
3: Shout out Menzies. Bob Cole of the future. I agree. That guy, if, if you're ever watching Junior A Hockey and you're not watching a Crusaders game, of course, listen to uh, Michael Menzies' call because he, he is the best.
0: Uh, for those of you still alive in the Wendy's Daily Face Off Survivor Game, tonight's a big one for you because you got prizes on the line. You're looking to survive right until the bitter end. For those who aren't still alive, remember, you can sign up at the beginning of any run. A new four-day run is starting soon. So head to dailyfaceoff.com and click that Wendy's logo. It's brought to you by... The Syrup Dipitous combo, Wendy's new chicken strips and French toast sticks. They come together in one container. Now that is crazy stuff. That's bananas. They that syrup dipitous. And then you could do the thing where you grab both and you dip it in syrup and then you bite it. There you go. And there you go. Shout out to Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Get Wendy's for lunch, dinner, whatever. Tonight. Honestly, on my way home from the university, that might be my uh, that might be my snack tonight is stopping at Wendy's to get the French toast. Sticks and chicken. That, that is
3: good. That is a, that'd be a good little snack. I did it the other week when I was coming back from a scouting a game. I was scouting.
0: Yeah. But I just
3: got two JBCs instead.
0: Mm, it was smart. Awesome. Uh, here's what's on the slate tonight. Thank you, Pat. Sidney Crosby under half a point. Don't want to bet against that guy. Um, mm, sorry, this is going to be for tomorrow in the NHL Saturday night. Has Brent Burns been hitting his shot prop recently?
3: That's so high, though. Like, do you want to risk and a that? That's insane. I'm going to go with Kraken win. Yeah, I think Kraken wins a good one.
0: Brent yeah. Burns has hit that once in his last five games. Don't oh. do that. Don't bet that one. That's my advice to everyone. He's only hit that three times in 22 games this year. I wonder
3: if Jay stayed alive after what I told him to do yesterday. What did we tell
0: him to do? I like the Habs over 30 and a half shots. That one's not bad. told him to go for the hits on the Calgary game yesterday. I'm just trying to pull it up here quickly. Interesting. Tonight, there's only two games in the NHL.
3: Wow, what time do they start? Probably five and seven to spread it out. No?
0: Uh, They both start right at five o'clock. I feel like you knew that. Yeah, I did know that. Uh, The New Jersey Devils are minus 480 favorites on Betway against the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> Honestly, dude, if you can get like the Sharks plus two and a half is even money on Betway. No way. Plus two and a half goals. Are the are the Sharks at home or on the road? Road. They haven't won a game and they yet. played last night, so did Jersey, and Jersey went to OT.
3: They've only lost in their last four. They've only lost. Well, they've won two. Yeah. The road, they are bad on the road, though. 3 0 against Boston, 7 1 against Seattle, 3 1 against Vancouver, 5, five 3
0: against. So they've Florida. covered two and a half in two of those four. Yeah, they've not been bad. I actually don't hate that tonight. Even money at two and a half goals. You got to be yoking me. <laughs> uh, the other game tonight in the NHL is Montreal taking, or say Ottawa taking on Columbus. I like the over there.
3: Ottawa, Columbus.
0: Both their goalies have goals against averages above three. Ottawa's coming off. And the Oilers are interested. Yep. Ottawa's Perfect. given up five goals in back-to-back games and three of their last four. Columbus, on the other hand, they have seen the overhit just once in their, sorry, twice in their last five games. But against the Habs the other day, there were six total goals. So I think they'll get the offense going.
3: There you go. Find out tonight. So what times the U of A game? Seven o'clock. At the Drake. I've never been to
0: Drake. Dude, you got it. If you're in Edmonton and you've never been to Claire Drake on a Saturday night or on a Friday night, first off, I think reading week is over. So the kids are all back at school. The kids. The kids. Well, like the university kids. Well, then us. Was... What? No, go ahead. Liam, we're like 26 and 28. They're younger I, than us. I
3: am twenty-seven, young man. No, oh, you're not twenty-eight yet. No, I am not. Aaron's twenty-eight.
0: Aaron's the old buck. Aaron's our old guy.
3: <laughs>
2: How old are you, Pat. Twenty-nine. Holy shit, Pat's <laughs> older than us.
0: Yep. Anyways, uh, if you haven't been to the Drake on a Friday night, it is absolutely rocking, yeah. and the beers are cheap. The hockey is unreal as well, and it's a rivalry tonight with uh, U of A and McEwen going head to head. So it down, be good. Come down. Watch. Going to Tickets take,
3: are cheap. Take a look at the McEwen roster here, but I can't. A lot
0: of former Crusaders.
3: Yeah, that's what I was trying to find. Uh,
0: Vinny Scott, I think,
3: is on there. Vincent Scott is on that team yeah, now. Vinny he Scott's is an there. exciting player to yeah. watch. He's he is. Is my dad's
0: favorite player. Ah. Who else are also there yet? I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, there's a lot of former Oil Kings and Crusaders bouncing around. Yeah,
3: I would Most imagine they've got a lot more WHL players than they've ever had before. Sean Comrie from the Spruce Grove St. Yeah. The Olden Heir to
0: the Brick Fortune. Is he? Probably. I don't I know. He's a Connery I kid. See. I assume he is. Liam
3: Hughes. Yeah, former crew. Carter Chorney. There you go. Wow, there's, there's a lot.
0: Bring a lot of kids recruiters. on Yep. All right. Who scouts that team? Uh, that is a wrap. <laughs> Pat, good work today. Thank you. Yeah, good job, Pat. Yeah, I hope you have good a good job weekend, buddy. I hope hockey. everyone has a good weekend of no Oilers hockey. Spend some time with your families. Good chance to reset. My advice to you, if you were an Oilers fan, and maybe your husband or wife is always like, ah, all you ever do is watch the Oilers games. Lie about there being Oilers games this weekend. Yeah, Do the old, hey, sweetie, Oilers flame Saturday night, but I really want to take you out for dinner. I'll miss the game. We'll do dinner and a movie because I care about you. And it's a great way. I mean, high risk, high reward. Because if they figure out there's no game and you lied, you're in trouble. Go
3: to a restaurant with no TVs. Smart. will not be blown. Don't yeah. pick
0: Boston pizza. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. That's a wrap. We're just, we're running on fumes right now. It's been a good week of shows though. We're going to be back Monday.
2: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern. That's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust
1: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at Byheart.com.
0: At 12.01 Mountain Time with Oilers Nation every day, big, big shout out to Charm Diamond Center Sports Closet, Finning Cat for the YouTube chat, Star Mechanical, Shrewd for The Giant, Shrewd Power Sports, and Marine, DoorDash, Wendy's, Betway, You, Liam, you, Pat, Aaron, who did four of the five shows and the YouTube chat, you guys were tremendous. We will be back Monday. Have a good weekend. Chat with you then.
1: Thank you for watching Oilers Nation Every Day.
4: Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com.